Welcome to Global Truth Center. So, title of my talk is Grow Up. <laughs> now, give me the next slide. Okay. I'd like you to take a look at that slide. Just look at it. The very first line in the song is, I've been staring at the edge of the water for as long as I can remember, never knowing why. So just look at it again. So when I was a little boy growing up in Philadelphia, we used to spend our summers in Wildwood, New Jersey. Anybody know that place? Yeah, okay. Wildwood, New Jersey. We'd go there, yeah, and uh, spend our week or two weeks vacation at the ocean. And I would stand literally at night and look at that line. When this song, when, when, when Mindy suggested this song and I, I listened to the lyrics, I wasn't really familiar with the song that well, that much. I'd never seen Moana. And I know, I, I will watch it. And um, the first line, I was like, oh my God, that's what I do. I stand there and I look at this line, this, this spectacular line. See the line, and it says, and no one knows how far it goes. So this line to me represents a metaphor for my life. There's the line right there, and I'm back here. And between me and that line is this life that I've lived and everywhere around me. All the space behind that line is this amazing life and it's this metaphor that, that there is something else behind that line. Now forget about the science of what you know, what is behind the line, because as you get closer, the line disappears and it disappears and the line goes away. But if we didn't know that and we took this purely as a metaphor, there is something out there that is begging us urging us to move beyond our safe shore and go somewhere, do something. In fact, and I didn't even realize this, I have a play that I've been writing called A Positive Negative, and I've been writing it for over 10 years. It's almost finished, <laughs> 10 years later. Um, and it's... I know why it's taken me so long to write it, because I had to grow into the character I was writing about. And the opening of the, huh, the, opening of the play is the main character staring at that line. Just staring at that line, talking about it. What is it? The main character has Alzheimer's and has become fixated on what's out there leaving behind what's in here, what I've lived, all the things I've done. And if you think about it, if our memory does leave us, we just forget, but we're still here. And perhaps there's this line at the edge of the sea, between the sky and the sea, that's calling, that's asking us, if you can forget everything, what will you know? If you can let go of everything, what is out there? So the title of my talk is Grow Up. Now, when you say grow up 
to people. How many people have ever, how many people here have ever been told to grow up? It should be all of you because you're at this center. Think about it, right? I've been told to grow up so many times. I, it's, I wish I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, oh, grow up. Isn't that, who does that? Oh, Joan Rivers, grow up. So grow up. It usually means stop fooling around, right? Or it usually means be responsible. See things as they are. Get out of that cloud. Get out of that imagination of yours. Stop daydreaming. How many people here daydream? <laughs> Good. So my talk today is not about that grow up. It's not. In fact, it's the exact opposite of the idea of grow up in terms of become more responsible. For me, it means this. First of all, grow means to expand, as we read. Up certainly means to take my consciousness to a higher place. So it would mean for me to grow into this upward momentum of consciousness. It is not about getting realer, because I am less interested in the real world of facts and way more interested in the metaphysical world of truth. Because if I can see what's going on in the world from the perspective of knowing the truth, I have a better chance at rising right above it and growing up to that place of knowing. And let's face it, we all have tons of things in the world today that can get our attention, yes? Just turn on the news or read the newspaper. There will be a lot of things that get your attention. I'm not one of those ministers that said you should, says you should avoid all that. Not at all. In fact, I would like to collect people into the understanding that no, you should not turn your eyes away from what's going on. You should not turn your mind and your consciousness away from what's happening in the world. Not if you have grown up. Not if you have grown into an upward consciousness so that what you look at benefits from the consciousness you're looking at it with. And the more we can all do that in this world, the better this world will be. Now, conversely, if you are not there, turning away can be a good choice because you know what it's going to do to you. Cause and effect is what happens when that does something to you. There's the cause, you're the effect. So that's cause and effect the way most of it must mean it. And yet, spiritually, cause and effect is I am the cause to the effect of my life. So I need to be the cause, not suffer from secondary causation, which is where I take that and think about it and let it affect me. So that's my concept of grow up. And as I was putting the talk together, um, do you remember this, this quote in the song? Could you give me the next slide? I don't think this is working, Gilmore, so you'll have to do the slides. See the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me. So I just ask you, in your life, what is calling you? Just think for a second. What is calling out to you? What is calling for you to hear it, to listen to it? What is calling for you to do something? Perhaps you need to get out of the job you're in, be done with something. What is calling you to do something, actively calling you? Next slide. Remember this guy? 
So here's what's funny about this guy, Peter. So he's the eternal boy. I have been called Peter Pan more than I can count in my life. The eternal boy, because I look so young, clearly. I'm sure that's what it is. But I have been called Peter Pan. I have also been diagnosed as someone who has the Peter Pan syndrome. Do you all know what that is? Yeah, I don't think it's a real thing. But, <laughs> shh. So, it's my husband laughing. So, so, the Peter Pan syndrome just means that you're, you're not willing to grow up. That you're, but they mean it in such a way that it's kind of derogatory. It's like, you, you're not responsible, you're not accountable, you don't want to do things. You don't want to do things the way we tell you they should be done. Is there anyone in here who feels that they are that person? You don't want to do things the way they tell you to do them. Who wants to follow the rules perfectly? Good. Too boring. Exactly. No, but, and I'm not here to start a riot, you know. But I am here to say we are not meant to grow up. We were not born into this world to be turned into automaton adults who are responsible and follow the destiny that we've been told to follow. That's what that little girl in Moana is singing about. I only watched the video, I didn't see the movie, so, but I gather she's this little girl who wants to leave the village. But everybody else in the village, just by the lyrics, are all happy. They all know their jobs. They all, they're all, they all fit into the design, it says in the song, by design. But here's the thing, who is designing your life? So repeat after me. I won't grow up. I don't want to go to school. Just to learn to be a parrot. And recite the golden rule. How'd that feel? I kept going back and forth. Do I want to do that? Do I want to do that? But I did. I wanted to do that. I won't grow up. I don't want to be. Here's the thing. I don't want to learn more information. I have a, do you all have lots of information in your head? I have a lot of information in my head. I am not interested in getting a doctorate in more information. That's why the advanced consciousness studies is a doctorate in consciousness studies. So it's not about learning more and being more specific about what the brain does. No, it's about what more is there to know, which is why this month is all about questioning, being willing to question. Could you give me the next slide? Okay, who's watching Ted Lasso? Who's watching Ted Lasso? You all need to watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> It, I don't usually give promotions for, for TV shows, but finally, someone audaciously wrote a TV series that has the most Emmys of any show ever by putting a positive thinking character at the center of a show. Someone who is making the world better, making everyone around them better. And it's just blown. I, mean, I kept hearing, you should watch Ted Lasso, you should watch Ted Lasso. So I finally watched it, and then I was just watching it and watching it. And it's just amazing. But this is a quote that was on Ted Lasso. And it's my favorite episode so far, but I'm not going to give it away what happened. Those of you who have watched it, you know where this came from. Be curious, not judgmental. Walt Whitman. So one of the things I want to inspire you to do this month 
is to be more curious and frankly, be a lot less judgmental. You think you know what there is to judge in the world. You think you know exactly when it's time to judge Dr. Laura, <laughs> which is never. But we all think we know. We actually prove it to ourselves. Oh, I have a right to feel this way. Look what she did. Look what he did. I can be in judgment over that. How about being curious why it happened? Curious why, what my part in it might have been. Even if it is, seems so clear I had nothing to do with it, still be willing to be curious, not judgmental. So as we enter into this month of curiosity and question, I want to ask you to question everything, to ask yourself, in every situation, what do I need to know here? The first question in my new book, I have a new book coming out, God knows when it will come out, the publishers will figure that out, called The Five Questions. And the first question is, why am I here? Why am I here? Now that question is asked on many different levels. Same question, many different reasons. Why am I here in the DMV? Why am I here at the bank? Why am I here in this marriage? Why am I here in this center? Why am I here on a Sunday morning talking to a bunch of people? Why am I here? And it's not trying to figure it out. It's living in the question. It's saying, why am I here? And then leaving room for something to be said, for some answer to pop up. Why am I here? I ask it all the time. And not because I don't know where I am. <laughs> it's because I'm really wanting to know. Why am I here? Why a year ago, this was not even an idea in my head or a thought. Wait, six months ago, this was barely a thought in my head. I thought I was helping Dr. Joe move into retirement because I was tired of hearing tell me for two years he's wanted to retire. <laughs> and he said, oh my God, now I don't know how I'm going to retire. I said, well, let's just figure it out. I had no idea this is what it meant. In fact, yesterday he sent us a text that he was in Iceland, going to Paris, and then Italy, and I said, write him back from me. <laughs> Something I couldn't say in church. But it's an important thing to ask ourselves. Why am I here? Questions aren't problematic. Questions don't make you weak. In fact, questions expand you. Questions give you the ability and the possibility to grow, to expand, to grow up, to step above all that's going on and come from a place of security, certainty, knowing God is calling. <laughs> so I wanted to end my talk today with a little bit of quantum. You know, in the quantum field, when we talk about growing up, in the Peter Pan understanding of it, it's actually impossible for you to grow up. It is. In the quantum field, who you are is nothing but creative energy. It's all you are. It's what I am, it's what you are. We are all that energy. When we say we are one, it's because in the quantum field, we are all this one infinite, expansive 
energetic field, in the quantum field. The quantum field, what they have found and, and discovered, is that the quantum field is the same today as it was billions and billions and billions and billions of years ago. We don't know where it came from or how it started. Let's just say it has no beginning and no end, because that screws us all up mentally, whatever that means. But it's the same then as it is now, as it will be then. So it's never growing up. It doesn't grow up. It just does what it does. Constantly expands. Constantly uses everything it is to be something else. Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. Not that I have to grow up into something. I just have opportunities. I have choices. So if it's never going to grow up, if it doesn't have to, if it just uses what it is and reinvents itself, then each one of us is an infinite field of energy that gets to reinvent ourselves at any moment we decide to. How do we do that? We do that by asking questions. We do that by being willing to ask an immense question, why am I here? And then the second question in the five questions is what wants to know me? Being open, saying, okay, universe, what wants to know me? How do you want me to reinvent myself? What inside of me wants to change? I don't need a show of hands, but just check with yourself right now and ask yourself, how much of your life today is the same as it was last week? <laughs> how much of your life this year is similar to what it was last year? Now, some of you have things that you're changing. I get that. And I'm not saying change your life up just to change it up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying ask the questions and then see. Where do you want to reinvent yourself? And I know that's an overused term. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm now going to be a belly dancer. Anyone? <laughs> but when I say reinvent myself, I actually mean reinvent myself from the inside out, not the outside in not trying to change something to make me feel like I'm doing something, but to actually go inside and change it. Be willing to reinvent myself from the inside out. And not to beat a dead horse with Ted Lasso, but ever since I started watching it, you know those things that say, what would Jesus do? I'm now like, what would Ted do? <laughs> really, when you watch it, you'll see why I'm asking that. What would if someone were the nicest person on the planet, how would they respond to a situation? That's kind of what I'm asking myself. Because frankly, hmm, I don't always succeed at being the nicest person on the planet. I know that's going to come as a shock. <laughs> or, so, or not. <laughs> but I don't. Does anybody succeed at being the nicest person on the planet? Maybe Rick Tamlin. We really have to ask ourselves that. How hard is it to be nice? How hard is it to lead from love? How hard, oh, we don't have those signs yet. I was about to refer to the signs we haven't put up yet. How hard is it to love only? To forgive everything, no matter what? And to remember who we are. So my question to you today is, are you willing to reinvent yourself? Not because there's anything wrong, but because there's more to explore. How willing are you to reinvent yourself by asking questions and just letting those questions find you? See the line where the sky meets the sea. 
It's calling. But you have to answer. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.